This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Self-care is often misunderstood while many associate it with indulgent activities like spa days and bubble baths, and these can indeed be forms of self-care, it fundamentally revolves around identifying energy drains and rejuvenating oneself to peak levels. We frequently recognize the need to decelerate, take breaks, or even relinquish some of our responsibilities. Yet, the idea of planning these respites might seem overwhelming especially when already submerged in an overwhelming list of tasks. It's crucial to remember that it's not just physical chores that wear us out. Emotional fatigue, incessant thoughts, and a mind constantly in motion can be equally draining. Once trapped in this continuous cycle, breaking free might seem like a daunting task. Take a moment to ponder the sources of your exhaustion, both past and present. Reflect on your surroundings and the events in your life, but also introspect about mental strains. Ask yourself, are unresolved conflicts consuming your thoughts? Do you find yourself agitated by factors beyond your control? Are past regrets or future anxieties weighing you down? In this episode, we discuss self-care, well-being, intentional living, and everything else in between. Valeria interviews Jessica Matella. She is a licensed independent clinical social worker committed to helping children, adolescents, and adults learn how to understand personal experiences in a manner that promotes awareness and enlightenment to obtain a sense of well-being and flourish in their everyday lives. Jessica's work focuses on targeting maladaptive relationship patterns, ineffective behaviors, habits, and beliefs through deep and meaningful conversations. Using curiosity, insight, knowledge, and understanding, she believes in taking a collaborative approach to helping clients reach their goals. Jessica has specialized training in various evidence-based treatment models, including cognitive behavior therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, attachment therapy, and dialectical behavior therapy. She utilizes a multidimensional therapeutic approach that focuses on each client's strengths and personal goals to obtain a healthy balance in their life. Meet Jessica at soulmosaic.care. Here's the interview with Jessica Matala. In your own words, who is Jessica Matala? All right. I am... Well, I'm a lot of things, but if I break it down, I'm a mother of two wonderful daughters and 
to my dog Shredder. <laughs> I am a bit of an introvert and a little quirky. I love a good book and a cup of coffee. And I'm also a clinical social worker. I believe in intentional living. And I'm currently working to nurture my own growth and step outside of my comfort zone and take steps to embrace, honestly, the right to take up space. Mm. Oh, wow. I have heard something similar before, but that was a long time ago in a different context, taking up space. But before that, what caught my attention in what you said, which it is a topic of our conversation today, intentional living. Let me see. I do have the topic I usually have in front of me, but today I didn't have it. Yeah. Living with intention to support well-being, intentional self-care to support well-being as well. So intentional living, what is, what is intentional living at its basics? What does it look like? Well, I think it's different for everyone, obviously, but it's knowing what is the true value set for you as a person, what's meaningful to you, and really uncovering, you know, we talk about things being, there's a sense of simplicity behind it, but that doesn't equate ease. So it's looking at what really matters to you. At the end of the day, what's the big picture? Who do we want to be and how do we want to get there? And kind of what presence do we want to not only bring to our smaller circles, but to the world at large? And it's seeing those values and those characteristics and doing our very best to just let them be our guiding principles day-to-day life. Yes, I love that. Um, I mean, I love concepts, beautiful concepts and ideas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I live for them. So simplicity, we did talk off record about this. What a, another beautiful idea, way of living. So what would be the first step, Jessica, to get to this understanding of what our, our intentions are, our values are? Well, therapeutically speaking, I do either a lot of therapeutic exercises or um, assessments in like the VIA Character Institute. They do a free assessment where it's asking you just various things about yourself. Because I think one of the hardest things can be is on one hand, we know who we are, what's important to us, being able to really identify it and put a name to it can be difficult. So it's just that exploration of all of the different values and meaning. And even somebody can have the same value of like family's number one. But what family means to them or the aspect of family or the different characteristics within it are also very nuanced. So it's breaking that down even further. It's really just that self-exploration, but also having, I guess, the means or the vocabulary to put with it as well. Mm, Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me, self-exploration, which takes courage, doesn't it, Jessica? Yes. We talked about this before, (laughs) going deeper and deeper. (laughs) And looking, yeah, it's scary. You never know what you're going to uncover. So it's being prepared for anything and being okay with it. Is that the reason why a lot of people, I I don't want to say most people, but some people per se, they, <laughs> they kind of reject or become afraid of the process of healing. Do you believe that this is part of the, um, the obstacle, having that courage? Yes, I do. And it's not so much courage 
per se. I think it's what they, their perception of what it would mean about them. So it could come back down to like that black and white thinking where if I've, as a parent, I mean, my oldest daughter is 19 and my youngest is 15. And I, I assure you, I have not been on top of my game (laughs) every day and the different levels of just stress or that experience. Sometimes I might've been at my very worst, but it's knowing one experience doesn't mean I am bad or like, or even a fear of making a mistake. I am not perfect. None of us are perfect and mistakes are okay. And it's okay too. If it's not about, I mean, I strive to not hurt others or to veer away from my intention, but it's not about being perfect within that, but it is about knowing if we veer off course, that doesn't make you a bad person or you're incompetent, you know? So I think it's this beliefs behind it. Mm, Yes. Yeah, that's a, a powerful message. And that I came across not long ago about the difference between shame and guilt. That's, yes. Right? That's yes, what beautiful. it is. That's so sad, isn't it? There's some, some of us are traumatized when we are children, and this is how we live our lives. In Very shame, much so. Sadness, shame, and, and, and all that, and everything else in between. So it just caught my attention when you talked about not being a bad person by... Mm-hmm. By just behaving in a certain way, it's not striving to be perfect. To me, I strive to be present, to be true and kind at the same time. That's my main Mm -hmm. goal. I have to be true. That's one of the things that I can't really leave behind. And sometimes some people will perceive that as I'm trying to hurt them, like with my husband. It's just so not easy. It sounds simple, but it's not easy to be true (laughs) and kind with him, which I am all the time. But I try really hard, I guess. Too hard. Good for you. (laughs) I'm not always. What am I? Seriously, in the last client I was talking with, she was like, you know, I said something similar, but in a much nicer way. And I was like, what do you what do you mean by that? So so even with my intention is to be honest and it is to be caring and it's to have this connection. And sometimes even when I don't realize it, it might not be like the most kind way to say it. So that's also feedback on my end of like, what is either a better way to say that or what about that was unkind. So I do try, I don't intentionally seek to hurt others or like take them down most of the, I'll say most of the time. Um, but if I miss up, I try to take accountability. Um, But with that being said, I think kind, maybe it's a perception of kindness as well. Because sometimes, like Brene Brown says, like clear communication is kind. Unclear communication is unkind. But in that clear communication, it's not always nice. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because... The truth is not, it's not always embraced as something nice. I think most people actually, they are trying to escape the truth. You know, they're finding their own truth and being exposed to, to certain truth. 
they really don't want to hear. And I remember I was, it was my case, now wanting to hear truth about my own self. When I meditated, when some people would say, more than one person would say something about me, that that's, that's something to consider when more than one, two, three, five people say the same thing. But I was just running from that. So that's why I know it's not easy to be open to the truth, whatever that is. Yes. Or even, I just think back to when I started clinical supervision and it's first time meeting, um, you know, my mentor and good friend today, Rachel, and I walk in, she's, you know, we're talking about my clinical kind of framework and what's going on. And she, she pegged me right off the bat and she was like, you are impatient. And I was like, well, wait, wait, no, no, I'm not, I've, I've come a long way. Like I've actually very patient now, but truth be told, just because I'd made progress, I, I was impatient. Mm, yes. Right. You see, it takes humility, right, Jessica? Mm-hmm. Yes. Being open, being humble to really learn and grow in, in this experience called life. It really takes being open. And this is something that I feel that's missing in our reality, our shared reality, human reality. This openness, you know, just talking about anything openly. Oh, what I really think. <laughs> but in a kind way, and even in a playful way, I find that comedians are very good at it. The way they <laughs> tell them the truth about themselves in a funny way. And they really do. And poets well, it builds too. builds connection, you know. And oh, so you say poets. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this. Do you have a favorite poet or poem? Rumi would be one of them that comes to mind immediately. He's super famous. But I do interview a lot of poets here. Okay. And, uh, and I have access to their work. I can't remember anything now. And I try. That's one of the things <laughs> well, I'm very bad at. It. Like, quoting people, I'm the worst. <laughs> I, That's okay. Yeah, I'm very bad at it. So you, you got me here. Well, no, I actually, it's not an area that I know much about. So that was pretty cool. Yes. Oh, poetry. It's um, so art in general. I feel that it's more than trying to mimic reality or life itself. They're actually, they're actually showing what life is and what could be the possibilities. And they're showing the truth within the art. Art to me is the, the truest, one of the truest expressions that we have that we can possibly engage with. It's because we are open, right, Jessica, too? Yes. And I also think, I mean, our internal experience in this, the essence of not just who we are, but all of our experiences and interactions and feelings, all of that together, it's an internal process. And it's taking that, that is abstract and internal and making it external and visual in a relatable way. Yes. Yes. Wow. And some people are able to do this so clearly, too. It's a kind yes. of a communication, right? They do it mm-hmm. so well and so clearly. So I have to ask you this question. What inspired sure. you to become a therapist? I have always known I wanted to be in the helping profession. And in all honesty, I started in elementary education with a focus on specific learning disabilities. And it was, well, I got three years into that and very quickly realized I should not be 
charge mm-hmm. of laying the educational uh-huh. foundations for most of the, the children of the future. Uh-huh. So I switched paths and uh-huh. I went into speech pathology and audiology. And I did that. I was a speech therapist for a few years and it was just that deeper feeling was just missing and knowing when I really sat back and I looked at it, the sense of like advocacy and empowerment is like what I feel like I needed to add in. Um, so at that point I did some digging and that led me into the field of social work and yeah, my journey since then just really deepens my resolve that I'm in the right place. Yes. Do you have a sense of mission, a sense of purpose by doing what you do? Oh, it's just a calling, a natural calling. Um, no, it's it definitely relates more. Well, both, but there is a mission and purpose behind it. And I'm in a weird place right now, where on one hand I know the, my mission and purpose, and I have that. I feel competent and established in that area but now there's 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 this other side of me where I know I know it's time to grow I know it's time to do something kind of a little bit bigger but also with collaboration and it's this nagging feeling because I don't know exactly what I mean I'll figure it out but it's the waiting process is not a good feeling always Mm. That's true. You have something to come to realization, to manifestation, right? You have a feeling now that yes. right, a change needs to happen. Do you believe, it's not even a belief system, I don't think it is, but do you practice listening to intuition? I do. Yes. Yeah. And I'm getting, again, working on my own personal growth, where starting my own practice and having two teenage daughters and running a household, you know, and all of our family living in the same place, that it can, it can become quite busy. So I think there was just so much going on at once where it's really making the time to sit and get connected back with myself Mm. and my experience so I can hear my intuition. Right. Yes, that's key, right? Silence. Absolutely. Spending time with yourself. Yes. Another question. Yes, this has to do already with the topic self-care. Self-care, which I connect self-love, but I will keep it self-care for now. But before that, I want to make a comment about the logo. Your company's logo is so beautiful. So mosaic, that care. It's beautiful, that logo. I love mandalas. Anything that's... The shape, I have flower of life behind me and everything in my room is just, it becomes like a big ball. (laughs) When you look (laughs) at everything's rounded. (laughs) I guess the divine feminine or the feminine archetype, there's something about it that I don't really try to understand all the time, although I have done some research because it, it kept appearing and I kept kind of being very much called to see, to observe, to contemplate those sacred geometry. And so, yeah, I just want to say that's beautiful. I love your book. Well, thank you so much. And I actually, this is so dear to my heart. Um, it is very beautiful. My cousin, Sierra, when, when I was opening the practice in 2021, she was just finishing up her degree in graphic design. 
and she's in California. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Could you create something for me? And she just went, I kind of, you know, gave her a few, like the color scheme and like a broad idea. And she just went with it and she created so many amazing, beautiful designs. And this is the one, this was the winner. Wow. She's very talented. <laughs> I very, to that too. yes. So beautiful. There's a lot of harmony in it. I think that's what it is. I see harmony in anything that's circular in certain patterns too, not just the circle, but the patterns within that circle. Mm -hmm. Another question that caught my attention is your company's name, Soul Mosaic. Uh, So what is your idea of the soul, Jessica? Well, the soul, I mean, if we really look at ourselves and it's identifying the aspects that are just us. It's us outside of the body, separate from that, like our own experience. And it's just that connection that's not fully related to the physical body. Ah. So in, in a way it is, I mean, we say outside of the body, but I don't know if it is really outside, if, if that's the right language. But yeah, it feels that way, right? This is um, well, maybe I should say separate from separate, yeah, which is not separate yes. either, right? Because it's so close, there's no gap. Almost you cannot really mm-hmm. find the gap between the experience we are having now and then the body itself. Like, uh, mm-hmm. where where's the gap? But we, but somewhat, there is something here that is having its own, let's say, perception of this moment. Of what the, yes. of this body, right? Of the the mind mm-hmm. and the memories and the content of the mind. I'm a student of Vedanta. That's an Indian philosophy, spiritual philosophy, and that's exactly how I understand um, what it's not. I don't call it the soul. I call it consciousness. Vedanta calls it consciousness, oh. pure consciousness. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, and you said it just in a very simple way. You kind of described the soul in the same way that they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and looking at this too, it, it really is just on one hand strange because talking about consciousness or like what's within my awareness, but it's also this weird, deeper, more in-depth understanding of the experience that I, I can't identify how I feel that or why I just do, you know? Yes. So you don't have any actually spiritual philosophies behind it or knowledge, right? But it's just, it's natural to you, which is interesting. I just wanted to say something about the, the sense of the awareness, right, of the experience. Whatever we are, I call it consciousness, pure consciousness. It's really not the experience. And in that sense, that's so true, the way you described. Because it's not the experience. The experience itself kind of observes the experience and there's no... And at some point, almost like confuses itself, emerges itself with the experience, identifies itself with the experience, but it's not mm-hmm. the experience, especially of body-mind. Yes. Yes. In such a deep way. Yes. Very intimate. Um, it's always here and it never changes. It never changes. So self-care. Talk to me about your own definition. I love the way you sent me an article about that. So how do you define self-care? Well, self-care is, dare I say the word simplistic, but I feel like I might have used that. That's the theme of the day. Everything's going to be yeah, a little I simplistic. Love <laughs> I love that. Great but message. it is, 
thank you. But it is really just something that is that we do actively. We have to actively make the time and be dedicated to it. And it doesn't have to be costly. It doesn't have to be like take a significant chunk of time, but it's making sure that we're checking in with ourselves and doing what we need to do to like recharge our batteries and maintain. Yes. Just to maintain our own presence and be able to like effectively interact and engage with those around us. Mm, Yes. And it's very practical. Right, Jessica? Mm-hmm. You really yes. bring it to the the everyday life. It's not just an idea, a philosophy. It's something that we can practice and be aware of. Yes. Do you make a connection between self-care and self-love? I guess, yes. Yeah, I can say so. Not actively in like, my conscious awareness, but as I'm thinking about it right now. Well, yeah, because I think in terms of caring for ourselves and having that sense of not it's respect, it's connection, but it's also counting on ourselves as well. And knowing that where I mentioned earlier, like embracing the idea that I can, it's okay for me to take up space. And that's a reinforcement. Like, so it's loving ourselves and the aspect of we have to be intentional and that's okay because we're a person too. Yes. Right. Yes. That really resonates true to me. And I love the in the article you wrote about self-care. It's titled The True Essence of Self-Care. You ask a lot of questions, reflective questions, deep questions. I, I love that because I love questions. <laughs> so you say, take a moment to ponder the, the sources of your exhaustion, both past and present. Reflect on your surroundings and the events in your life but also introspect about mental strains. Ask yourself, are unresolved conflicts consuming your thoughts? Do you find yourself agitated by factors beyond your control? Are past regrets or future anxieties weighing you down? So this this is just part of that article that I I have here that caught my attention, but you have lots of questions there, more questions. That made me think, I was like, gosh, that is so true. That's not one of my practices for some reason. It should be now that you brought to my attention. It's like you inspired me. Oh, thank you. And I mean, I honestly work better, I guess, more with a prompting question or statement that helps me to like identify and then build upon. And there are a lot of times I might end up in a completely different place than I started, but it opened the door for that. And it's also... I feel like in the therapeutic practice, different providers and clinicians or organizations, they view things differently. But I always want to give my clients something that just reinforces the overall theme or like what we're currently working on. But I'm also somebody who wants to put in the work and then wants to talk about it when you come back, you know? And I'm not saying everybody read it or did it, but most people do. And I think it's just, it's a lot more effective in giving them ideas to go from rather than a broad concept of like, reflect on self-care, you know? Yeah, yes, yeah. It is because very specific is directing the mind to find its own answers, right? It's guiding Mm -hmm. them. 
Another question that I have for therapy, Jessica, now not as a person, because sometimes I ask different questions from of different different aspects of, of the person, which I cannot find the separation anyway, too. I usually think about, you know, humans being whole no matter what. Oh, yes. Right? Being yeah. the professional, being the person, being the mother, being everything. Just, just it's, a, it's just a whole continuum. So the question is about healing. What is the goal of healing? In my perspective, I would like for somebody to have acknowledged their experiences, um, process them, like really looking at it to see any patterns, themes, or any like core correlating factors that come into that. So just not only what they're experiencing, anything that's contributing to that experience, feeling like they've have a strong sense of understanding, but also what it feels like within their own individualized bodies to, I guess, the certain triggers or how they know that self-awareness of when I feel this, it equates that. So that level of understanding, so they can take it and implement it in their day-to-day life. But ultimately, I think it's just feeling that sense of connection to yourself and to your experience in a way that's balanced and in harmony. That's a big one connecting to oneself in a harmonic, balanced way. And that you make me think about peace, you know, every time I think about harmony. Yes. Yes. That's what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels incredible. And we wish that, you know, for that to last, but I think that's not really the way to look at it, right, Jessica, in a way, because it is a constant, it's an ongoing process of uncovering that peace, that harmony. Yes, and it is, it's not... Nobody's going to be perfect. And yeah, that's not peace and harmony or balance. It's not a destination. <laughs> but I also think of every hurdle that we come across, whether it's external or just something within ourselves. And as we, it's curiosity. It's looking at it. Well, I'm, it is curiosity. There might be frustration too. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. Going to be honest. But like, yes, just a various internal response that can go from one end of the spectrum to the other but it is being open and there is that sense of once you've overcome a few things and you come out on the other side you build a little bit of confidence as well so knowing that's okay that this isn't perfect or that's okay that this is going to be hard but I'm going to work to get through it and then doing the work and knowing how to do it so feeling a sense of competence but also adding all of those experiences just to like the mosaic that makes you you, the little pieces Mm. of your story. Yes, so true. It's almost like going away from home, but not forgetting the path back, right? The way back. So yes, and maybe even finding a new path, but one way or another, you get there. Yes, right, right. Even if you don't have Mm -hmm. the the same path to go back, but then you find a new (laughs) one. And then you just, yeah, you note it on the map for next time. I didn't think that way, but yes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Love that too. <laughs> so, and I love the um, the other article that you wrote about declaring intentions. That also, it's very meaningful. And you made me think too. So declaring that we are ready for change. That's one. So talk to me about, I have the, the structured approach that you have there in the article here. But talk to yeah. me about, in general, what is declaring intentions? How did you... Is that something that you created yourself? You found this concept? Well, in theory, 
I don't know at this point in the game if anybody's creating, (laughs) fully recreating a model, yes. But these are just foundational concepts and or mm, topics of interest. And it's all relevant in the, the sense of interconnectedness. So it's taking, obviously, the model of declaring intentions. And that really is meditation, affirmations, all of those things. It's also an idea of when you're, when we're guiding or directing, the brain works on, the brain needs guidance and it needs direction on what to do and where to go. Now I'm switching kind of gears, going science-y, but so bear with me for a moment though. But even when we're teaching anybody or ourselves, you can tell me 700 ways not of like what not to do, but that doesn't actually tell me what to do. So if we're going to take that step and be in inner harmony and obtain like that, just click within us where it is peaceful, it's harmonious, but it's also hard, but we know we're on the right path or we're doing the right thing. It has to be very specific of what are we doing and what do we want that to look like? Mm, yes. So what we want, I remember that I've made a note of this, when you are clear on what you want. So mm-hmm. then we write it down. So finding what we want. I heard, some, I interviewed somebody here recently, who, probably more than one person, who talked about this. They emphasized how unclear most people are about what they want. Mm-hmm. Don't actually know. It's hard to believe, right? Seems like it's common sense well, to know what we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a kind of a feeling more so in response to, or it's, Yeah, there's also a feeling or a desire, but maybe not the vocabulary to put it into words. So that goes back into exploring and curiosity and finding, because you can even look through those things and like, that's not quite right, or that's not quite right. Or you think you've identified at least something and you're like, I am moving towards this. And then as you're going down the road, it might not, some things maybe might not vibe and other things are on point so it is about modifying it as well but then it's still knowing having the words the first foundational concept for anything is being able to name it like your experience and what you're moving towards and that again although it's if we think back really like oh we should be able to put a name to our feelings our experience our desires it's a lot harder than we think. <laughs> mm, yes, good point because it get, gets mixed up with other things, desires, and then yes. our dreams, and that makes sense to me. I love the question that you asked earlier. I mean, I love the idea that this is the, the way to go anyway, asking questions, keep asking questions. But the main one being, what really matters to you? What is important to you? What's your values? Oh, are you asking me that? Oh, yeah, I'm just asking that. Okay. No, I'm just going to repeat the question. But I'd love to ask you, actually. actually. Why okay. Not? Yeah, like, I'm wait, am I supposed to answer uh, this? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, why don't we both answer? How yeah, about that? Because it got me thinking. Just stop to hear what is, yeah. Uh, because you're right. We don't have sometimes words, language, right, to express those deeper feelings. Or, huh. But yeah, you go first, Jessica. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. I'm interviewing. Do I want? Yeah. Correct. I know. I'm not usually in this position. I ask normally. So good. Good. Let's dance. (laughs) I honestly want 
a little bit of, well, I want to understand others. I want to be able to connect with them. I want to be able, be a, a supportive role, not just in my clients' lives or even just my kids or my family, but I want, I'm working with, you know, LPC students and I have a few that have just graduated and I want to be a mentor and I want to be capable and I want to be competent and I also want to grow but I think the biggest thing I'm working on is I don't understand quite why it's so hard but it's being okay to take up space to take up space in the room to be a part of the like a conversation like we're having now and knowing I might be in a very different place in my professional journey and or personal one than a lot of people, but I at least have something to say and it may resonate with somebody and it may not. And that's okay, but I'm still allowed to say it. Mm, Yes. Yes. A billion times to that, right? Expressing your truth, being true to you, right? Yeah, that's that's sacred to me. Yeah, you're beautiful. Um, Thank you for saying that, Jessica, because we need to be reminded of this. We needed to live our lives like this, being true to ourselves, and we have, and we need to be reminded because it's easy to forget for some reason, you know, and try mm-hmm. to live the way people expect uh, us to live and what they, yes. you know, they want from us. That's so much. I don't know why, but it's so easy to try to please others. I guess for women more than men. I'm not sure. Yeah, or maybe men do it in a different way. I think maybe they can be mm-hmm. through achievements rather than yeah. how we look or how we speak or if we were nice or, you know, not too pushy. There's a, it's a whole fine line to walk, right? And with that being said, too, it's very much... I think it's hard because there's this interconnectedness with the external world and ourselves. Mm. So there is when we're there are expectations out there. I mean, we all feel good when we're knocking the things off of our to-do list or and or meeting expectations or we get that, you know, graded assignment back and it's an A plus with like superb job, you know? So there's a sense of accomplishment with that, but I think it's a slippery slope where when we start to lose touch with, I guess, our own values, our own path, our own sense of meaning, and it becomes overshadowed by what others, whether it's, you know, within an organization or society or just family or, you know, loved ones, and it's what they think we should be. So on one hand, it's kind of like, well, if we can just do this, this, and this, and then there will be harmony there while also maintaining this. But sometimes it becomes so much, we lose sight of what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I love that you brought this up to interconnectedness and the individuality. How do we dance that dance, per se? I, I believe that the truth is in interconnectedness, is that we are all connected interconnected, mm-hmm. connected, we're all actually sharing one reality, one foundation. But it's almost like the consciousness, the spirit, the soul is 
trying to have this experience of individuality because it's the only way it, it can shine in that way. So it has mm-hmm. to have the experience. That's why we are here in different bodies and minds. Mm-hmm. So it yes. kind of makes sense to me that, you know, going, being called to be first connected as when we are born and then I was influenced, you, you, so all of us, we are influenced by our family, mothers and fathers and people around us. And then kind of trying to, you know, find our own way, our own expression, individual expression to actually return to interconnectedness. And then in the end, I mean, it has been my experience. I'm not that old, but it feels like I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel very old. So. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. It's interesting to see that. It's almost like having this, the inner world, the inner experience is so rich. Perhaps that's what it is too, Jessica, with you. Both of us have been, I don't know, like contemplating and kind of exploring that inner world for so long that if we feel like old in it. I'm a little geriatric. (laughs) But yeah, I do feel like this is the journey, isn't it? There's no destination. But if there is one without a place, less place, it would be this understanding, this felt understanding that everything is connected, that we are not separated, which is very obvious to me now uh, at this point. And I might be going off on a tangent, so just... Bear with me. (laughs) Tell me to stop. But it's kind of like when you're like talking about a destination. Well, if we're looking at all of the various experiences and no matter how big or small with us within our journey, that just adds to our story. So it's not so much about a destination, but it's just about documenting and or like remembering within the conscious awareness and or the subconscious and being able to connect the two. Um, but it's even your experiences. I mean, who would have known even like 10 years ago in what I started to do and what you started to do that, that would eventually lead us to a point where we're having this conversation and a point where our stories, you know, intertwine. So, so in a way, life is a mystery, isn't it? it but it's really not is. at the same time. <laughs> it is and it is not. It's kind of predictable right? mystery. <laughs> that we it's will a very meet. paradoxical. Yeah, it's, right. You know, we have to have mental toughness and strength and determination, but there's also a sense of softness and gentleness and life can be really fragile in that experience within it, you know, the thread of it. So everything is very paradoxical. That's true, yeah. When you really, right, the more you try to kind of explain certain things, the more paradoxical it becomes, <laughs> right? You're like, okay, that's it. <laughs> Let's just. And this go. is the existential place we live in, right? Right. It, it, see, maybe that's why I love <laughs> the idea. I love me. I'm very devotional and I love concepts and ideas. And I do want to, sometimes I just want to just leave it there. You know, that's enough. <laughs> certain things yes. that I come across like that you said today that I just it's so it's like music to my ears and it's just like oh that's it <laughs> what else to ask for <laughs> but these just very inspirational so we are almost at the end gosh and I will talk to you forever about these things <laughs> I want to make a comment about the clearing intentions the article that you wrote and what we talked to before talking about other things we changed the subject but not really everything's connected so <laughs> yeah you talked about patience is the key patient is key and that's true and then you also say something that I put here I love this uh, my note remember setting intentions is a powerful tool 
by openly declare, declaring your red, readiness for change, you are not only signaling, uh, hopefully pronounce that correctly, your commitment to yourself, but also inviting the universe to support your endeavors. So I love that, bringing the universe into the personal journey, right? Well, and I think if you look at kind of the metaphysical idea too, like we're all energy. Our, our emotions, our experiences, even our thoughts, I think it really influences the environment, the energetic environment that we're within, which also influences the, leads out into the universal environment. So it's kind of like not only telling ourselves, it's just not what to do, but it's, or what not to do, but it's what to do. But it's the same thing as that universal energy and it knowing, because if we're putting out all of these things that we don't want, we're focusing on things that were like negative, well, that's the energy that it's going to respond to. So it's also switching gears and it's helping ourselves to have like the support and guidance from either the universal energy. Wow, that's one of my one of my meditations. It's about not losing touch with the universal mind to be mm-hmm. always around me. Don't leave me for two or three minutes every hour. So that's one of my it's almost sounds like an affirmation. I think it is too part of that, but it became a meditation to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful in that sense. It is a beautiful practice too. Because then what happens, I guess, Jessica says, we start to become, to notice that we are life itself. We are not really, this personal idea of who we are doesn't really exist. When we notice the universal energies and how they work, it's just like we disappear, like we just blend, merge with it. Like, okay, this is just life, supporting life, loving life. Yes. And it's also a question of like, what energy do I want to bring to that? (laughs) And that also reinforces the intention, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. If we keep bringing the, uh, right, the personal mind, then it always gets in the way because there's always an agenda. I want this for myself. So that doesn't doesn't resonate anymore. It used to when I was on a path of trying to explore the individuality, finding my own voice and all that. But now it's more, what is what can I do? Whatever this body-mind complex does, it's for the it's of benefit of itself as, a, as an entity, but also people around me, my family, and then humanity. That's when I see the universal kind of intention tapping in. And kind of doing its work. It's so beautiful. And then I don't feel separate from the whole. It's there's no like this me wanting this or that. But it's interesting because at some point, I mean it's so uh let's say it's such a, a delicate, I would say, work that to know the difference, right, between our own personal from the universal intention. I mean in a, in theory, I don't know that we 100% can, because even when we're looking at the universal, when we're going to the, bo- the broader perspective or the bigger picture, it's always coming from our lens. So I think in one, on one <laughs> hand, yeah. like it is, but it's still not, you know? Mm. Yes, I see what you mean. But, but the thing is, um, the lens that you, we call I, the individual I, it is the universal I. The only 
the only, what gets in the way is that somehow that universal perception of reality, it kind of identifies itself with the personal one, I guess, because the body, you know, the body, it looks at the body. Okay, I'm here separate from everything else. So I must be something, an entity that's separate from the universe. But that perspective that you speak of when you when you mm-hmm. look in the lens that you're looking through, that's universal though. It cannot be personal. I really don't see that that being the case. I think it's shaped in like going back to kind of our experiences or our stories or all of the little aspects. So not so much uh, me personally, but it's more so what information do I have to gauge against it, which can be very different from your experience or the information that you have and like your knowledge, you know? Yes. Yeah. When it comes, yeah, that is true because yeah, it's unique. Experiences are just, gosh, it's just, uh, it's infinite in a way. I know that it's finite actually, but it, it's, it looks from, from this perspective, it looks like it's, it's infinite. So many different minds, different ideas, but it's, Yes, yeah, from that perspective. But then it's language again. It goes back to language. We're using the instrument. Consciousness using the instrument of, of body-mind. So yes. it's, it's limited. So we'll try to explain it from a personal perspective come, coming from the body-mind. The mind meaning the personal understanding of psychology, where we came from, the traumas, and then what we learned and all that. But in the end, it's, if you really, I mean, I have been paying attention to people like yourself, people that I talk to here all the time. What are you yes. doing? It's, I mean, it's complete, it's universal. This is universal. Mm-hmm. Your work of serving others, trying to heal. This is universal work. Even if you have a personal story to tell. <laughs> and I do acknowledge that. And I think that's one of the things that just keeps me, keeps me, I guess, within that field of intention and like reinforcing the meaning. Because even if I am one person, I'm not the I'm not the only person in what we're doing. It is universal, you know? So it's contributing to that. Yes, to the whole, right, right. And that's what I see, Jessica. I can't help it, but see that very clearly that people who serve others, when I ask the question here about what is the, the purpose of the human experience, I get that over and over again. It's to help others. It's to connect yeah. with others. It's, mm-hmm. it's always the answer. That's uh, not the way I know it, but it's a confirmation, per se, of that truth. Yes. So let's see. Oh, gosh, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> That's the topic for not a different conversation, but yes. boy, it's a good one. I'm, this is my first podcast experience. And oh, my God. I, it was a very good one. I'm very grateful. <laughs> ah, me too. I mean, I, I love yeah. this because that's yes, how— thank you. It's making meaningful connections and deeper ones. That's how, that's the reason to, I, I do this. That's, there's no other reason. Of course, and then we can, the personal side could say the other reasons. I have a team, we do that. But this is just like not the, the big picture. So I want to mention before we say goodbye for today that I'm going to talk about the, the article about the path to authentic self-care. I love that one too, where you talk about your challenges with self-care, which you mentioned on, on this episode too. And the confession yes. time, I, I thought it was funny the way you said that. <laughs> that was really cute. Yes. And then you we have... have to tell on ourselves, right? Yeah, you see, this honesty, this openness, right, to reveal what is true here. It's just, it takes courage, doesn't it, Jessica? But that's Yes, what, it does. It makes it beautiful. I mean, this is how we deeply connect with others yes. by being true. And then you, in that article, you talk about creating your unique self-care plan 
And then you mentioned rejuvenating activities, uh, movement and exercise, spiritual habits, artistic expression, filter and prioritize, uh, review your choices, and then acronym. And the acronym that you use for yourself is growth. I love that yes. too. The G meaning gentle movements are real connection or outreach. The W, welcoming. T, take the time. And H, honor. Honor my emotions. I, have, I wrote this here because I love the way you said that too. Honor my emotions, needs, boundaries, and individuality. Valuing myself promotes self-awareness, growth, and healing. And you said more than that. So this, is this article on your website, Jessica? The path about them? It is not. So I have an intention. So even when opening the business, having an intention of getting a blog, like space up and even aspiring to hypothetically a newsletter. But it's, I feel like in the process of bringing on um, my new LPC employee, Kat, and then also another one, Jules. And so then it's like, I'm waiting to get the headshots in the bio from them yes, <laughs> to then yes. just go in and do it all at once. Yes. So I have aspirations yes. to add some of my information ah, up there. I love that. Speaking of intentions, right? This is one of them. Yes. Yes. And now it comes to patience. Ah, right. <laughs> Intention. Yeah. Right. Ah, patience. They, they, they even rhyme for a reason, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, yes, when you have it there, let me know so I can have, I know I have your website link here, which will be on the podcast profile when it's published. Going back, it's, uh, yes. Is it the website the best way to find more information about you, Jessica, or there? Yes. Are you on social media yes, as well? Yes, it is. Um, not professionally, at least yet. It's one one step at a time. And also, Jules and Kat are way younger than I am. So I also am waiting to see kind of what ideas they have or how they would like to approach different things and put their spin on it. And big changes, hopefully coming and updating on the website and various things in the next six months. Wonderful to know. Please keep me updated and I'll update here on your podcast page. It will be on my website as well. So thank you so much again for your presence, Jessica. It has been wonderful to talk to you. Really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was such an honor. Ah, yes. So we'll, we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch again. Bye for now, Jess. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jessica Matala and her work, please visit soulmosaic.care. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.